These delicate strips of film are the materials which record and transmit the creations of Hollywood. We're, we're talking pictures. Why did we add screw up? No, we're going to talk about movies. Okay, I'm getting excited. Right. <laughs> I'm All about right. to screw All up. Right. <laughs> episode two, guys. Welcome, and here we are. And uh, you know what's really great about this is this episode we're going to review movies. And uh, <laughs> what, did, what did we do last episode? <laughs> this episode we're finally going to re- re- uh, review a goddamn movie. Um, this is Talking Pictures Podcast. My name is Dave. Welcome, guys. This is Evan. And uh, <sighs> this is a big episode. Is it? Yeah, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Last episode. Last up. Ep- well, we got a couple things to talk about first, but last episode we, was all horror. It was a whole horror episode. It was horror. Yeah. It's scary. It was scary. It's, it's scary <laughs> it was there. super scary, and we didn't get a chance to say it. But that was like. But we're not gonna talk about the last episode because we were talking about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think a uh, light bulb just went out in your kitchen. It's my herb garden. It's fine. Oh, yeah. your herb garden went yeah. out in your kitchen. Yeah. Basil <laughs> goes to bed at eleven thirty. How's your thumb? Thumb's good. The thumb is healing. You okay. know, we're uh, we're playing 100% tonight. So I'm, you, bring, I'm bringing my A game. Okay. Yeah. You brought your thumb game. Okay, good. We're back. Yeah, I was worried about it. Um, you forgot about it the moment you left. <laughs> I walked into this house and I was like, I can't remember to ask him about his guy. That's it. Yeah. I ask what about the other nine st- fingers? He still has his thumb. <laughs> yeah. What about the others? I'm worried about all your fingers, man. Oh, okay. You know Thanks, man. Um, guys, also, this episode, you. I'm going to be focusing on. Staying close to the microphone. <laughs> Not fucking up every goddamn six seconds. Um, it's a learning curve, baby. It sure That's is. That's all it is. Um, you know? I, I love the word like, and Dave loves to just pull away from that mic. and Get talk. all the way back here and talk. Yeah. To and then blow your... Have G- a conniption. GD ears out. That's all it is, baby. <laughs> um, how was your weekend? Uh, it was good. It was my birthday. It, dude, so, it was. I yeah. forgot it was your birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> So, Happy birthday! Thank you. Thank I forgot you. to say that. Um, <laughs> you told me all my birthday. No, yeah, yeah, you you're totally me. right. It was your happy yeah. birthday, man. You what a weekend! I called you out on your birthday. I said, "Fucking happy, <laughs> be happy for once." Oh. You don't have to say how old you are, but Sad. well, I was a younger man last time we recorded. So. You sure were. Yeah, you were um, thirty-four, and my back hurts uh, now. So <laughs> that's all it is. Check back light came on. I was gonna say you were Jesus's age, and check check back light. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> Topic. And Bruce Lee. Yeah. How old was Bruce Lee? Was he thirty? He was thirty three when he passed away. Really? Yeah. 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 Passed away? No, he was murdered. He wasn't murdered. Oh, that was Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah. and we and that's and that is neither confirmed nor denied. It's true that he was yeah. murdered. It was yeah. an accident. It was an. They call it Baldwinning now. <laughs> oh no. Oh, he got it, he got rusted. He got he got rusted. He got alleked. <laughs> they alleked him right into the grave. Oh no. God. Poor Baldy. Uh, involuntary manslaughter. Poor Baldy. What do you think his yeah. brothers are thinking? Alex's brothers. Is it one of them dead? I mean, Google it, but yeah, I, I don't I know. Steven might have perished. Oh, really? I think so. No. Really? Alec got him too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't oh, be too no. short. You can't be too short. You can't be too short. No. You can't be too Martin short. No. Um, one eye open. Well, that's great. My weekend was fucking... Not that you asked, but my weekend was no. <laughs> was pretty was pretty fire. I yeah. was in a music video. It was really sick. It was a lot of fun. Um, uh, Lizzo? I'm green. Lizzo music I was video. in Lizzo's music yeah. video. Um, that's why if you look at the video, guys, we have a video portion of this show, and it's on Instagram sometimes. If I uh, have to have to stop procrastinating and edit the whole goddamn thing, yeah, um, guys and girls, 
Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a very inclusive podcast. It was a lot of fun. It was a music video, and I played a, a, a fish creature. And uh, right. I, I'm still green. And that's what I was going to say was that I'm green on the camera. Is that so a metaphor you for me, you being new to the field? I'm still, still new green. to this whole podcast. Still green. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's February. You know, we're in a, a week of 50 degree weather for some reason. Dude, like, yeah, it was like yeah. it was three in New York this weekend. It was. Yeah. I think, I think by me it was negative like 14 wind chill. It was so, awful. Yeah. Yeah. I went outside and with wet hair. See, you went outside. I stayed in and I just watched a bunch of movies. So, what are know, what are that's movies? Yeah, <laughs> what, are what, what are they? Are they motion pictures? Apparently, I don't get enough. I don't want enough of these damn things. February is, is you would know because I don't know. Is February a good month for movies? Uh, it's better than January typically. Dumpuary. Yeah, Dumpuary is is in the past. Um, you know what? Actually, I feel like there isn't a. Every year, I was just thinking about this. Excuse yeah. me. Do you mind if I think? I was just thinking that every year when February comes around, there's right. like a Valentine's Day movie, and there isn't one this year, right? Of course there is. What is it? Yeah. It's Your Place or Mine, starring Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. What? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what is Netflix it? Netflix movie. Reese and Ashton. Oh, no. I don't know. Yeah. I think I hate that. Now, yeah. now you're just saying. Drop it in four nights. Your Place. You're going to have to watch it. I sure am. Yeah. <laughs> or mine. Starring Ashton. Uh, fuck. Allie, uh, Reese Witherspoon. And Allie McBeal and Della uh, Reese. Yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, this doesn't this looks like a movie. But guess what? We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. It looks like one. It might not be one. <sighs> yeah. It does look. Like no, one. there's like always a like, I think one of the years last was year called was, Valentine's uh, Day. <laughs> it was. Yeah. No, last year was Marry Me with uh, J-Lo and <laughs> Owen Wilson, <laughs> which uh, one year later and we're all divorced. Yeah, so it's true. Man, all. that was so yeah. funny. That Divorce would... me would make a just a downer. Yeah. Of a D-Day movie. <laughs> oh, maybe it's more like a D-Day movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we got some movies to talk about this episode. Yes, we do. Yeah. Hey, did you see any movies? I saw four, or f- maybe five. Look at you. You know, I started doing. I started watching the Pamela Anderson documentary, which we're which I didn't finish. <laughs> right. so, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not you don't sorry. Support women. No, I do support women. Oh, okay. I saw I saw women talking. You don't support uh, like strong, powerful women. I do. Oh, okay. I do. When did I say, did I say that? You just, I did you it. Just turned off the documentary. No, no. I well, I was super interested. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not interested enough. No. <laughs> no, I I just didn't. I just ran out of time, bud. You know, I got a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just busy. Yeah, busy priorities. Boy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I was busy seeing these other four from above. fantastic movies. Fantastic. I was wow. busy seeing well, well the Fantastic Four. I was <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? I was busy watching the Fantastic Four franchise. Yeah. Um big Josh Trank fan, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Michael B. Jordan just uh Yeah. He, what he was the torch. There is three Fantastic Film movies. I can't wait for Marvel to do Fantastic Film movies. <laughs> Fantastic Four film movies. Well, this episode we got four good movies that we're gonna be yeah. chatting about, and then well, well, obviously you try. As we to... are again, like, what are we? What are we doing here? Oh, you want to do that again? Let's yeah, do it. Absolutely. Why not? All right, you, know? you tell them. It's only what, like, eight minutes? Yeah, oh, it's not bad. Good guess. It's episode two. Um, 
Each week, we are getting together, and we're going to be talking about the movies that came out over the past two weeks on streaming services and in theater halls. That's right. And we're going to release the episode. And actually, we we're trying to release them every single Saturday is the idea. That is the point. But this episode, we wanted to try and sneak in a certain movie that I like to call Not Gonna Happen. Right. And it's super important because it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Everyone loves yeah, everyone yeah, everyone knows that my Shyamalan, so we wanted to sneak that in, so we like got a little, we we drug it out a little bit. So we're gonna fun we're, trivia fact for you: which number movie is this of M Night's career? Like thir- thirteen, fifteen. Wow, I was yeah. really close. He's made a ton. Yeah, right. He doesn't have fifteen good ideas, but he's made fifteen <laughs> movies. So, Man, yeah. yeah. Wow, so we're I here. Really we're 13. talking about. Um, couple of movies in particular yeah um uh, we're gonna save knock at the cabin for last yeah we're gonna do and then we'll have a spoiler free session and then we'll get into more spoilery territory and you get to chat about some of the movies that you saw that i didn't as well like too many every episode evan has evan's corn evan's soapbox yeah he's gonna be talking about his movies that i haven't seen because it always sounds negative but there's some no no it's good how many movies did you watch this time uh this time around i watched 10 so, <laughs> speechless every time. Yeah, ten. All right, man. Because I take this seriously. So do I. Yeah. So do I. If you watch more movies, rather than used all your time to shave your beard, someone we would. Oh my god! And you're gonna bring up the beard. We we would be equal. Someone's gotta grease this monkey, and that's me. I keep the wheels on at night, and I keep the electric. Greasing and, and I'm greasing this boy, and and someone's gotta keep this podcast going. I'm staring at th- a picture of women talking, and most of it's just this guy <laughs> in the picture. Is that Ben? Ben yeah, Wishall. Andrew. Um, Q from a uh, Casino Royale. Yeah, he sure was. He was also in a movie all about perfume. Also had a lot to do with women. Cloud Atlas. No, he was in that movie where like he... He wasn't that, though. He like chops up women's bodies and makes perfume out of them. You remember this? A Perfume Genius. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I don't know that movie. Do you don't know that movie? No. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a real quick, just like, it's, it's, it's phenomena. What's his, what's his actor's name? I'm not telling you. Marcus Craig. In light of this. Not it's not, not Marcus Craig. No, it's not. Um... <laughs> Before we talk about Knack at the Cabin, we're going to be talking about You People, the Netflix movie starring Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill. Uh, we're going to talk about Women Talking, which is Sarah Polly's much-talked-about, highly-regarded uh, film nominated for Best Picture, starring Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, among many others. And lastly, we're going to be talking about... I'm drawing a blank. Knack at the Cabin. No, no, no. Oh. The other one. You people. No. Oh, women talking. You're not listening to me. <laughs> Infinity Pool. Why are you not listening We're to me? We're talking about Infinity Pool. Oh, Infinity Pool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, be- uh, it's called Perfume, the story of a murderer. It came out in 2006. And He's it's, in that movie? Yeah. It's, and it's got Alan Rickman, Dustin Hoffman, um... And Ben Winshaw is this main guy, and he just loves Whistle. smell. Sorry, we're not talking. We're like, Whistle. you should check this movie out because it's fire. I've never seen it. Yeah, dude, it's it really out. good. It's it's like he just like Severus Snape. So like loves smells. He just loves smelling things, and he starts to collect these smells, and then it gets too palpable and too powerful. Where he's like, I need the scent of this woman, and he, and he okay. distills her, and it's pretty. It's it's like it's not as nasty, but the ending is like. Wow, man, we're kind of we're going there, and I love movies that go all the way, and this one goes all the way. But we're not here to talk about that movie today, <laughs> right? 
We're here to talk about. Oh, so, it, and Infinity Pool was the last movie. Yeah, Brandon Cronenberg's <laughs> movie, not about perfume. No, just about all inclusive vacations and how you should never leave the resort. Yes, writer's block yeah. as well. Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, so so, so can't I. Um, so can't I. So can so says I. So says we all. <laughs> um, all right, so, so we're, we're going to be talking you, about... Yeah, where do you want to you, start? No, he, no, you. Yep. <laughs> well, we're talking about Knock Out a Cabin last, so let's start talking about these goddamn movies because nobody has nobody has all day to listen to us banter. Um, I think I think we should start with Infinity Pool. Let's do it. Well, I think we should talk about yeah. Infinity Pool. Let's do it. Yeah, because we right. just started talking about it. Let me get the log line. Guys, every time we bring up a movie, I'm going to chat about the log line first, and then I'm going to listen to Evan say that's what it's about. <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with that. All right. Uh, we're reading this from a website called Letterboxd. We're on Letterboxd. If you want to check out some of the movies, we are rating there. Unofficial plug. Unofficial plug. Wait, I said I saw 10 movies before you go on. How many movies did you see? It's four. I watched four movies, and I watched a couple episodes of an anime that I'm catching up on. Sorry. Slacker. Fuck you. Slacker. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I like to watch other things. I just want our audience to know that like one of us takes us seriously. Oh so my it's fine. God. You know what's, you know what's also crazy is that like you watch 10 movies and some other things I'm sure as of well. Course. Yeah. You had time yeah. to do other I'm in stuff. season three of Emily in Paris. I'm ready to go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Infinity time. Pool came out in 2023. <laughs> it was directed by Brandon Cron- uh, <clears throat> Cronenberg. Excuse me. Wow. Uh, found out. Oh, here we go. David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg's seed. So find out what kind of creature you really are. <laughs> Nightmare. While staying at an isolated island resort, James and M. This is a long log line. While staying at an isolated island resort, James and M. are enjoying a perfect vacation of pristine beaches, exceptional staff, and soaking up that sun, baby. But... Guided, this is already incorrect, but continue. But guided by there's it's a very gray movie. Guided but guided by the light. light. <laughs> <laughs> but guided by the seductive and mysterious Gabby, they venture outside the resort grounds and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism, okay. and untold horror. Nice. <laughs> okay. Delightful. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's what that movie's about. Um, did you paraphrase that, or is that what it actually says? That's what it says, man. That's not correct. That's what it says. And it's crazy. Who how comes they, up uh, with these log lines, man? I don't know. I think yeah. an intern. I think, yeah, I think an intern. A letterbox intern? Yeah. Wait, hold on. By the way, let me just pause real quick. Um, Evan's wearing a t-shirt right now, and it says talking pictures. And guys, there is no merch. No. So don't try to buy them. I got that, and I got him, again, and I got him that, that knit hat in the background on Albert, and that's just a present. And they're just birthday presents, right. and I got them for you. And so there is no merch. And if you try to ask us to for some, Dave will start crocheting right now. So. Yeah, I'm actually knitting. Be I've been knitting under the table yeah. since we started because I have 20 orders already. He also does not have spell talking pictures, so it might take a while. <laughs> or crochet. Yeah. Um, yeah, twerking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so this has Alexander Skarsgård of the famous Skarsgård twins and Mia Goth. Twins. And um, Cleopatra <laughs> Coleman and a couple other humans are in this movie. <laughs> Dude, this movie, movie? <laughs> this movie, let me bring up my notes. This movie, um, this movie confused me and made oh, really? me and made me feel a little desperate and empty at times. Um, when I was desperate. watching it, uh, I felt very, <laughs> I, I squirmed a little bit in my seat. You know, real quick. That's what the movie's about, 
is this writer that goes to this place because he has writer block. And he's trying to find some inspiration. And he stumbles upon this other couple. And yep. they're super wild. And, ooh, they're all here about to have some a great time. And when they get outside of the resort, to, which they're not allowed to do, they go to a beach. And, and on their way home from the beach, things get a little crazy. So, like, I don't know what this nonsense over here talking about. But, like... It, we're yeah that's a better tag yeah so tag um was great me was great mia was incredible yeah the queen of of horror right now to me she's she's like scarier in this movie than she is in pearl and x i agree yeah, yeah she's insane like and she's, she's so i don't know i think i wrote down a note that i think she's probably really cool to hang out with but for a short while. <laughs> For a short while. <laughs> she's uncanny, yeah. I wrote down. Like, she's so good. She's incredible. Yeah. She really is. Skarsgård killed as well. I mean, like, he, yeah. he did his part. And, I mean, it, Yeah, it I like insane. him. I like that he's, like, he has, like, leading man, picturesque, like, stunning looks. But he's choosing these roles where he's just like mired in like this this muck and this grime and all of these roles where he's just he's not relying on his his attractiveness to get him through it um he was he was on an episode of Atlanta last season and he was really good he's i think a recurring star on succession now uh season 3 and season 4 and he's i mean he was in the northman last year which is like such a, a grueling uh eight pack worthy performance of violence and epicness i don't know he's just he hasn't had a career that i thought like someone with his looks would have and i think like someone with his looks would have had maybe 10 years ago 15 years ago like mm -hmm. he's just i don't know could you picture like a, a leading man of of george clooney or brad pitt level looks like doing, doing this, this stuff 15, yeah 20 no, years ago? No. Like, no it's just you know, Brad did like twelve monkeys and and Fight Club like early in his career, but he hasn't done anything like this. Like I'm trying to think of hot horror actors, you know. And I'm not sure like, it exists. I think I there's a, well, no, it's not true. Um, there's a lot of um, American Horror Stories guy. Everybody's cute in that, you know. Everybody's cutie in that one, you know. Yeah, but Alexander to me is like he's a he's a he's a notch above that. Mm -hmm. Like he's what? How how tall do you think he is? Like six four, eight, strapping, eight, and he's Tarzan. Like that's the that's the pinnacle of of the male physique. Yeah, it, it's great to see him Ten in roles foot tall like Tarzan. This. Um, so you said this movie made you feel desperate. Yeah, I felt very alone and and felt alone. And yeah, 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 yeah. I was feeling very lonely when I was watching. I feel like this movie would make. Would make anyone feel like maybe I need to be more alone. <laughs> oh shit! Let me not talk to anybody. This is gonna be tough to talk about without spoiling it. I'm gonna be honest with you. Because all the things I want to talk about are like the shit. Well, we should say this is a movie best seen uh, where you don't know where it's going because there are a lot of uh, underlying themes that the movie plays at, and they start to prop up maybe in the first half hour, and it's it's. It's very violent. It's very grotesque, but it's also very sure funny. Um, what is I, it? I thought it was funny. So you thought it was funny? Yeah, I thought this movie was great. You had a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I had a great time watching this movie. You were cracking up. Yeah. So there was one point where a guy, like the guy in the seat behind me, 
lost his cool at a line. That was me. That was not funny. Yeah. And I was like, if you're laughing at this weird sadistic thing, what's going on with you and your no- and your life, bud? I don't know. That was real. That she just like, embracing the weirdness. She said of a life. weird line, and he was he lost it. Like Yikes. some popcorn sprinkle, uh, sprinkled on me. And I was, I don't know. They made it rain on you, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the golden shower of popcorn. Um, The movie is violent, and it's it's gruesome, and it made me feel lonesome. And I think I was confused and felt like there were some things missing by the end. In that would have, no, in the film, <laughs> that would have made it I make more sense. I felt lonesome. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I wanna... think there was some things that would have, like, if they had that scene in the movie, it would have connected it more. So by the end of it, I was kind of feeling like less mysterious about the whole thing and more confused by the whole thing. Okay. So like, I um, give my rating at the end, but it was it was. Uh, give us that rating. Hold on, I'm just like looking at my notes. I really just want to fucking spoil some shit, man. I just want to talk about it. Hit the buzzer, baby. All right, we're in the spoiler button. <laughs> I do appreciate that my entire review is spoiler. So, huh? okay, <laughs> my great. entire review is about to be spoilery because you just hit the buzzer. Perfect. Let's fucking do it. So there's a moment in the in the uh, beginning of the movie. Baby. Okay, here we go, guys. Let's really talk about it. See, it feels weird. Like I can't talk about the movie unless I start. You chose it. not the one to spoil. I know, but now we are. So like, um, there's a moment in the beginning. Like, I really love that. Uh, a lot of Mia Goth's perspective and everybody in the movie is like the fucking locals are the worst. If you go outside of the resort, the locals are gonna kill you. And they're awful. And the way they handle shit, you don't want to get arrested. Even the beginning of the movie, the first time and only time we see a local is some guy on a on a quad fucking up the sand, like in the resort. And 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 Skarsgård's like, oh, who's that? And she's like, oh, it's the locals. They're terrifying. Don't do that. And by the end of the movie, we realize that like they're they're not the worst part. It's the tourists are the worst fucking part of this goddamn place. Yeah, they are wreaking goddamn havoc. Um, and I just love that. I love that. I love that thing. You please explain like what happens if you get <laughs> if you do a crime on this island. So, like Alexander and his wife are vacationing at an all-inclusive res- resort, I think somewhere in Europe, and they meet another couple. Mia it's a Goff. fake. It's a fake island. It's fake not. A re- island. It's not yeah. a real island. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're not allowed off the resort. Seems like Europe. Off. Yeah, and like Dave said, they're they're led off the resort to have a vacation or like a one day staycation on the beach and Alexander hits a, a tourist uh driving home back to the resort kills one him. night. Yeah. Kills him. Because they were all drinking shit. Kills him. Mia Goth and her husband convince him to just, hey, like if you get caught having hit this body, like they're gonna put you to death. So let's yeah. just speed off, leave this body here and go back to the resort, pretend nothing happened. Uh God, 12 hours happen, 12 hours transpire, and Alexander's arrested. He's basically given a choice where it's just like, you can be put to death for this crime because mm-hmm. that's how we do things on this island. Or, or big or, here we go, which is what I love. Yep. Um, we could clone you, and then we can have the son of the person that you hit kill your clone. It's a rule where if someone is murdered on the island, the oldest son of that person gets to kill the murderer. So the police chief is explaining to Skarsgård, look, this island, this country, we love having tourists here, and this is how we make, we make our money. So they've developed a way 
to keep Taurus coming is you don't have to die. We can make a clone for you. And he's so fucking confused. He's like, why? Well, and the guy's yeah. like, do you want to get executed or not? And he's like, no. And he's like, sign here. Boom. They make a mold of him. And he witnesses with his wife this mold clone of him who remember. And this is where I was a little confused. They're forced to watch. He's forced to watch his own clone get murdered. Yeah, he gets stabbed brutally by this guy, which was a little confused because like there's a line and I can't remember exactly, but it's the clone remembers the crime. He has your entire consciousness. There's a line that I I wish I remember exactly that the guy explains. He says it very specifically. He's like his memory is like up until a moment. Like maybe just before the murder, but he doesn't really know no, why he's there. Or something like that. Yeah. So um, there's here's a real quick issue. We'll jump over this, but like this is what I was thinking was missing. So like when they witness this, him and his wife go back to the room, and uh, she's like, "We gotta fucking leave. That's fucked up." And they start packing. And Skarsgård during the murder, he like smiles. And he's like, fuck, I found my inspiration, right? I can watch this thing and be inspired. And then he's like, I needed a scene of seeing him go a little crazy and enjoy it more because we don't get that. It goes right to he's like, I'm going to stay, babe. I'm just going to fucking stay. So she's out of Dodge because he doesn't have his passport anymore. He's like, I lost it. So now he's chilling and he's just like hanging out with Mia more. And the movie progresses where, like, they start doing more fucking crimes and they realize that they, like, there's a whole group of people, a little tiny, maybe like six or seven of them, that, like, just take advantage of this. And they just commit fucking crimes and have a great time and then (laughs) watch their new fucking clones get killed. And that's what they fucking do. Yeah. And, like, that was my disconnect. I was was like, why is he doing this? When did he he love it? What the fuck happened? I I won't even, like, for spoiler territory, like, go into all of that because I think... What we talked about happens in the first 30 minutes, and it's kind of the jumping off point of the movie. And I think the movie takes so many surprising turns and that I think I wasn't expecting. And what we just described, I don't think would ruin the rest of the experience for you. And I got to say, I thought this movie was amazing. Okay. So I'm like, Number one movie of the year so far, which is like low bar yeah. being only February, but I thought this was incredible. I thought this movie was like tailor made for me because mm-hmm. I think it's, it wasn't only just stunningly, stunningly shot. The score was impeccable. The acting was top notch. It was just executed to absolute perfection. And you have someone like Brandon Cronenberg who has an idea of what he wants to say and he found the right actors and was given the budget to make the movie that he wanted to make. And there's so much going on here where you say there's a scene missing with him first being cloned and then deciding to stay. Yes. I say there wasn't because we see how unsettled and disgruntled he is as a human being and as a writer who hasn't written anything in six years, who's going through writer's block. He's finally found an experience that's worth talking about and writing about. And if you're like staring at a blank page on your computer screen for six years and you found finally have lived something worth documenting, you're going down the rabbit hole. I agree. So I just I'm think so. And it's I think that it's I think that it's like a writer's first instinct is to be self-deprecating. 
So it's like he literally sees himself get killed in front of him. And it's like, how many times as a writer have you wanted to just be like, God, I can't like, I can't get the sentence out of my brain. Like, I just like, I wish it like, it's like the violence and the tempest that happens inside your brain as a writer. Like he was able to like, through this profit driven police of this imaginary island, be able to see himself get murdered. Like it's, it's not only giving him writing material, but it's like, it's, it's validating his, like his self impugning nature as a writer where he's, he's almost like killing the writer's block that's inside of him. And he's watching that Love happen. That. Yeah. yeah. And it's, just, on, I agree. I'm on board. So I when just... his wife, who is a complete wet blanket wants to leave and he hides his passport under the sink. I don't want to leave. I want to, I want to, I want to fall down the rabbit hole with Mia Goth and her husband and see what's going on. And when I say this movie takes some turns and some twists that you don't expect, the first thing I thought of when they kill his clone is which version of Alexander did they kill? The real one or the clone one? Yeah. yeah they dispense with that notion right away. Yeah. He's brought to this party of like seven or eight people that have all, all have gone through this exact scenario and they bring this up as a topic of conversation which like to me was like okay i'm in very sure hands i'm not dealing with some first-time director this novice director that this is going to be the central conflict of the movie is like oh which version did we kill he's like we don't know and we don't care you know we're gonna clockwork orange the heck out of the rest of this movie because we have a free lease on life we can die and bef- and be re- resurrected like nothing happened and all we got to do is pay for it it's it's such a great take on the fact of like the infinity pool of it all because all these people have an infinity pool of genes their genes are not running out they have an unlimited lease on life they just keep flowing and flowing you can do all of this messed up stuff and as long as you pay for the crimes you did in terms of money and getting cloned you'll be brought back to life and you're the same person and um i just thought it was like such an ingenious idea sure was yeah yeah i agree and it's just the way that it 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 plays um kind of a joke on the terms of all inclusive where it's just like at this resort, even the lives are all inclusive or mm-hmm. you can just have you, you're not a cat. You're not, you're not, you know, Mario from super Mario brothers. Like you can keep coming back with infinite lives and you can do whatever the hell you want. And it is a fair game. Like I thought this movie was so fun in that regard. And I thought it was funny in the terms that in, in the sense that, they were enjoying themselves, watching themselves get murdered each time. It was just, they were the audience of their own murder. And it's just like, there's something so metaphorical and so beautiful about that, where it's just like the, the visual nature of it, I found comical, even though the physiological nature of it was so tragic, where it's, they don't realize that they're kind of killing a part of their soul every time they do this. But they're having a good time and they're watching popcorn and watching all of this happen. And it's like it's supposed to be such a tragic thing, but they just, they hate themselves so much that they enjoy watching themselves get murdered every step of the way. I just thought it was incredible. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. I definitely recommend somebody seeing, I just wish there was 
I just think I needed the. I think it happened so fast to like, and his girl's gone, and now he's just like having a great time and doing his thing and really killing that soul of his uh, to become a better writer. And I wanted to see the down, like the decline moment, and we didn't get that. Um, I just think it, it happened at the drop of a hat, baby. So I, I, yeah, and me, that, that's I what I'm it, saying. Um, it was like, what the fuck? Why is this? Why is he doing this? This wasn't the guy in the beginning of the movie. It wasn't this fucking, oh, I'm looking for blood and all this, and now he just suddenly is. So I needed that scene of him sitting at dinner that night after the murder, after the initial scene of him watching himself die. I needed him sitting there, and his wife is like talking about, like, we got to get out of here. We got to let me book the airplane. And like suddenly it fades into this mumbling, and we have, which I loved, by the way, of the movie was like this depth of field. It was so. So much depth of field that everything was blurry behind him. And it was just, it was, I mean, I just love that so much. A lot of negative space. And he's just watching someone tear into a steak at another dinner table. Just bloody fucking. And he's just like, oh, he's losing his mind. What he just saw kind of turned him on. But we didn't get that scene. It went right from this thing to him like, baby, I'm going to stay. And so that's all. But not not one of my qualms. That's all. Um, Um, So one one final thing before we move on. Um, I think you're, you're missing the point of the ending which will do a big spoiler alarm for the ending okay go where ahead. like did any of this even happen he's on a bus at the airport at the end he goes to the airport and then all of the couples are just acting like they just had a, a normal weekend together oh i thought that was a part of it i thought everything did happen i thought but he that was just i like... think is the beauty of the ending is it's like did he envision all of this did any of this actually happen or is he just, this is how he interpreted this entire ending. Because what a crazy concept this whole entire movie is. But he's yeah. a writer. He's imaginative. He saw all of these people on his whole journey. And he's kind like, of a shit writer, actually. Yeah. Well, he hasn't written anything in six years. Yeah. But His one book wasn't even that good. But did he just, is the movie just him having writer's block and he stayed a couple extra days after his wife left? just to get a little more inspiration and just to leave his life where he has so many pressures from his, his girlfriend uh, who comes from money and her dad who has financed most of their lifestyle. And he Im- imagined this entire thing. And there's scenes in the airport where they're all saying goodbye to each other, where they're not even acknowledging that any of this happened. Um, which leads me to believe that, you know, was this all in his head? And this is just, uh, it's up for interpretation, which I thought was like the icing on this cake where it's your qualms about these things happen so quickly. Is it just our guys over met over active imagination? Yeah. Um, what'd you give it? Four and a half. Four and a half. What you at? What do you got? So bad. What mouth. do you got out of 10? Six out of 10. I gave it a three. Yeah. Three out of five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't hate it. Like I said, I just, I just, I just, I'm surprised. I don't left. like leaving a movie confused. I like mystery. Oh, I wasn't confused at all. I just like, I'm, yeah. I just had questions and I don't need all my answers when I watch a movie. I just, yeah. this, this particular time I was like, I, I, they're outweighing my, yeah. my questions are outweighing. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. Um, cool. And also Mia Goth forever, by the way, if I didn't say that. She is the best. God, she's insane. She is the best. God, she's so insane. Um, cool. Um, let's talk about another movie. 
Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do, let's do you people. Let's do, you want to do you people? Hell yeah. yeah. Man. That's great. Let's do it. Let's get the tagline. Let's get what that. We got? Let's do that one. Yeah. This movie came out in 2023. <laughs> it was directed by Kenya Barris, and it was written by Yona Hill. And Kenya Barris. And Kenya Barris. Who uh, created Blackish on ABC. Um, oh, God. I clicked the wrong button. Um, here we go. Opposites attract. Families don't. <laughs> That's the tagline? That's the beginning of the tagline. Okay. <laughs> cool. A, yeah. a new couple and opposites attract. Opposites attract. Families don't. <sighs> All right. <laughs> All right. A new couple and their families reckon with modern love and culture clashes, societal spelt wrong, expectations and generational differences. This Fucking the mouthful. <laughs> Uh, this is easily the worst movie of the year. Oh shit! Yeah. This movie Damn, you're is coming dropping the so hammer hard, baby. Bad. Yeah. This is so terrible and cringeworthy. Thank. And let's do it. Let's fuck it up. Come on. <laughs> God, it's just like I was in there for the first ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. I thought Jonah and Julia Louis Dreyfus and Molly Gordon. Uh, all in the synagogue scene and the podcast scenes. I thought they were great. I thought there were some fun one-liners, mm -hmm. like Jonah talking to all these people at the synagogue. Like he's oh, just, dude, like he was on fire. All of that shit on fire. All that shit yeah. felt like, uh, like uh, uh, McKay. Um, uh, like fuck, I wrote it down. No, 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 no. Sorry, I wrote it down. Goddamn, Judd Apatow. Like the, uh, Judd like, Apatow. Like those fucking movies where yes. like they would they would take a minute like like a minute and a half out of those movies and just have each of the actors They're just riff shit. Yeah. yeah, the insults of like you know like you look like a, a young Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and they were just banging that. And I'm like, wow, dude. Yeah. We get that Jonah again. We're back, so baby. Good. Yeah, and and Julia was amazing. Like, yeah, absolutely in right. there. Yeah. And then after the first 15 minutes, this movie takes such a then. downward <laughs> spiral. Can I say right when it happens? Yes. Eddie's first scene. Yeah. First of all, Eddie Murphy's in this movie. Uh, welcome back to the big screen, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, why anyone? We would, missed you. Why anyone would write a movie where you give Eddie Murphy no comedy to deliver? He just plays the angry father of the love interest in this movie. But part of me thinks that was his choice. Like, I think he was so checked the fuck out of the whole movie the whole time. He was. All of his scenes, like, he was checked out. I don't know. Because well, his first scene when he comes in is, like, yeah. a, a stand a, Yeah, it's a stand. Deli. He has a whole stand-up routine. Yeah. It's just him delivering lines about, like, stand. It's just doing a stand-up bit. And I, I just. No, that's not stand-up. Because stand-up's funny. Like he's okay, just, then yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just being like he's he's pointing out he, the most obvious takes on Gen Z and millennials yes. that you can that it was boring. It was trite, I guess is the word. And boring, I was like was You're dude, you I missed you, Eddie. Like what's going on? Like let's do this thing. And and I he I don't even know if there was the character. You could do and like a dad who was furious at the at the man or whoever that is being married to your daughter like Yeah. Uh, which is Robert De Niro did that. He was funny as hell in 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 Meet the Parents. So, or so Meet the Parents like, is like the the obvious comp that I, yes, I made to this. Yeah. Um. So after like those first ten to fifteen minutes of just like I thought, you know, okay, I had promised for this movie, it just devolves into the most overly used like racial humor 
that you can ever expect. Yeah. It's been played out for 25 to 30 years. Every scene is just the same old joke that you've heard countless times. And it thinks it's edgy. Like, mm-hmm. Netflix described this movie in their tagline on, on the app as this edgy comedy. It's just, this is the furthest thing from edgy. This is the most unoriginal thing I really bring that I've here. seen yeah. in, in I don't know how long. And the fact that, like, it just, the movie doesn't make any sense in general because Jonah Hill is, is so, like, nervous around Eddie Murphy, his future father-in-law. But that's not the person that we saw in the beginning of this movie that was on this interracial, very cultural podcast with his best friend, and they're just exchanging dialogue in, in such a way where it's just like, if, and he does, he marries, an, um, I forget, I forget, uh, I think it's Lauren London. Oh. Um, uh, he, he marries a person of color and it's just, he would be the perfect person to do this because he was so accepting of black culture and something that's not him that, this movie makes it seems like it's a fish out of water situation when it's not like he's fully immersed into yes. her culture. And it just doesn't make sense as a movie. Like there's a bachelor party sequence, which I think is like the worst bachelor party sequence ever where he's friends with all these people where it's just like, this isn't the person that we saw in the movie. Yeah. He would not be friends with these people. Yeah. Like, why are they hanging out making jokes about COVID making you gay? And then being a part of the, the January 6th. Yeah. At what riots. point that was like, like out of left fucking field it's all like, of these things he's doing happen? coke all the time yeah, and like all of these what the, not the character because like his character yeah. was good he was he, he was, was great he was a, like an actual good human being yeah that was it just it didn't make any sense and the one thing i found with the movie is it had no scenes of jonah and lauren london i think it's lauren london right let me just real quick um sorry you got it. Keep yeah, I have here. Lauren London. Um, establishing any sort of chemistry. They yeah, meet they up for brunch. They're pretty cold. One scene. Yeah. He says one thing that she likes. And she's like, wow, that was real. Like, I'll mess with you. Yeah. And then it's just, we see three clips of their romance developing where there's no dialogue. It's a set to yeah. music. And we, we don't see them kiss. We see one scene of them being intimate underneath a blanket. Which is just them rubbing feet. Yeah. <laughs> Which, but, but like, yeah, but, then, but then, but then they're getting engaged. Yeah. The very then, next scene. Boom. Yeah. They're just like they're like friends. Like yeah. we don't even how do before their first date, like they're both talking to their uh, I think best friend and brother respectively about the fact that they're seeing someone not of the same color, and it's like you guys haven't even gone out yet. I know. Like. The, I, the writing in this movie is absolutely atrocious. There's no chemistry between the two interests. It, has, it uses the most obvious racial humor that's been tried and true for 30 to 40 to 50 years. Yeah. This movie is absolutely terrible. Do not watch it. I also think there's another level to this that I just, and this is the technical brain working, was just watching how cookie cutter every fucking scene and shot was. It was, it was like a bit. It it, no, it looked skit. like a reality show. Yeah. There was moments where like he would say a line and she would start to say something dramatic and in comes the fucking music. It, like it, it would just start with, it was like corny and cheesy. Yeah. The first the scene with Eddie Murphy talking, doing his stand up, yeah. the camera 
is just shifting around in a circle. Now someone else talks. Shift around the other way. Boom. We're doing this. Boom. Cut to the next scene where they're on their first date. It's the same shots. They're just moving the camera around. Moving back this way. It's nothing. I think they just like took. Let's just like. Make this as easy to film as possible. Make it as bright as hell. Like there was fucking fog in every scene. They just pumped smoke in every goddamn scene. Like they were staying in their kitchen. I was like, why is there smoke in their kitchen? It was so like laughable. I didn't, I didn't notice any of the smoke. That's and I know my brain was just seeing it, and I was like, this is okay. laughable. Yeah. At how bad, how much they didn't care, and I think that falls a lot on the director. It's not Jonah's fault. Like he wrote it, and I think this yeah, movie was it. there, and I think I think I think it's a good story. I think it makes sense. It's there you could do this but, but he's if, a writer but if like, jonah directed it it would have been fine but he wrote it and and all That's the fine. jokes in this movie are terrible but you don't know if that in that moment like eddie or whoever was like we're gonna take a different direction with this joke when you write that script he probably wrote this script and this story and then it changed on the day a hundred times and yeah, like someone's like, I'm going to riff it and do whatever this. And it's like, okay, well, possible. that's how that happens. Possible. So like, I'm not going to blame Jonah for like someone else going off. Like, but I think everyone did the best they could and held on. I have a feeling this was a nightmare. <laughs> like the film. I don't and know. It, it was, it was, it's just, I don't know, man. It just, I, I stopped and started like six times. There was a, some funny moments though. And most of it was just Jonah and Julia. They were like they were like carrying a lot of the scenes. Yeah, and the scene never vies, and it just, it yeah. just kind of relied on like just yeah. their banter, and yeah. like those scenes were kind of good. But God, yeah. just uh, just I don't know, man. It's just for a rom com and for an edgy, biting satire, like not good. This failed. It didn't even come close to any of those. Like yeah. it's yeah. I gave it two. Stars. Out of five? Yeah. Good for you. I gave it a 0.5, baby. Nice. Yeah, 0.5. Worst possible rating imaginable. I, I, we got I the fine. Here we are. First possible worst rating of the, I can't of the see, show. I can't see this not making my bottom five of the year. Holy shit. It's, you hated it's, it. You hate Jonah Hill. I hated Hill. it just not just you because hate it was romance. unfunny. Because it, it thinks it's smart. Yeah. And it's, it's when you think you're smart and you're this insulting to the audience's intelligence. Yes. And like... I'm not alone in this. I look at reviews everywhere. Oh, yeah. And so many... It's funny because I've read a lot of reviews that say that I turn this off within 10 to 15 minutes. I'm like, that's what I thought was the best part of this movie. Wow. The first 10 to 15. Like, if you had stayed for the rest, I don't know what you would have done. I'm glad yeah. you turned it off because it would have been a more violent response if you if yeah. you stayed... A, shout out to uh, Molly Gordon, who plays Jonah Hill's sister, who yeah. continues to be an absolute gem. Yes. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. Welcome anytime. She yeah. Wants. Yeah, next um, week we're having Molly on, <laughs> um, which is a great time to to. Uh, I gotta pee. All right, pause it. All right, yeah, bye. We'll pee. <laughs> well, that's you people. Ter- terrible title as well. What a tired joke, you people is, which just sums up that movie. Yeah, um, we're saving Nog at the cabin for last. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna chat about women talking. And then we're going to take a minute for you to talk about the movies that I refuse to see. <laughs> yeah. Not the way we can word that, but we'll, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll go fast. Yeah, we'll, yeah, go we'll fast. chat about that for a little bit and yeah. get in there. Um, let me read the log line for Women Talking. I thought you just did. It's women, women Talking. It's not the log line? It begins and ends with that. <laughs> That's it, right? That's all it is. Um, directed by Sarah Polly. 
A group of women and an isolated religious colony struggle to reconcile their faith with a string of sexual assaults committed by the colony's men. I'm just, I want to hear Dave's take on this movie because I, I have a take on this. And, uh... Oh, I fucking loved it. You loved it? Yeah. Okay, good. I think it, I like fell off on the third act, but like yeah, you, because you fell off the hayloft. I fell. I jumped out the hayloft. Yeah. No, oh, I, I jumped like, out of that hayloft way mm, earlier. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. I, I right on the pitchfork. Like it, it felt like a play to me, and I was just really enjoying the the single location we're chatting. Yeah. Um, chatting. I just God, I just I wrote down uh, the word Jesse with a heart. And that's and that's because I just oh. love Jesse Buckley so much. We both do. We're big yeah. Jesse fans. Big Jesse fans. We're huge Jesse, Jesse fans. Jesse Buckley. We're talking. Um, about. We got the yeah Jesse Buckley. We got the uh, Bu- Jesse we, Lemons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got the Holy Trinity in this. Claire Foy, Rooney Mara, and Jesse in this. Yeah. Oh man. So Rooney Mara is the Holy Spirit, right? They're incredible. Yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> they're inc- they're just like oh my god, like the performances are phenomenal. Yeah. Like I want to go and watch it just for Claire to talk about killing. Every person in this room, if you touch right. my kid, yeah. oh my god, it was chilling. That was insane. The girl who uh, who kicked the spider's web. What, what Elizabeth Salander movie was she? She sure in? is. Yeah. she was just. A <laughs> Did you titan. see the movie? I didn't see no, that movie. No, no, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. But she was just a like terrifying and powerful and just like yeah. insane. I was like, let's go. Like I'm ready to fuck up someone too. What's up? Yeah. Like like lead the lead the parade. I'll be right behind you. Let's go. I'll follow her in hell. She's just incredible. Like, I don't know. And and Rooney was playing this character that was just she she had this she was a leader, right? Yeah. She was just like she was, she was a leader. She, a yes, bunch, but it was like I don't sure. know. When she spoke, I was like, What's she gonna say? Yeah. I'm every word. Um I can't read. I forgot how to read immediately. Um Oh, I love well, first of all, where Francis at? Yeah. Where Dorman at? I was jealous of her. Okay, you didn't like this. Whatever. So, like... Um, she left uh, in the first act. Whatever. Have a good take, time. Have a good time on your island. Take, um, take me with you. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I love the ambiguity of the time as well. Like, it was... Obviously, this trailer didn't tell us when it was. It's 2010. We all knew that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they said it in the movie. 2010. Uh, if you... Not in the trailer. In the movie. I know that. Yeah. I'm saying it didn't... Okay. They didn't say that in the trailer. And no, they, they don't, did not say it in the trailer. No. So, yeah, like, right. you're watching it and you're confused about what time period this is you you assume it's an older time period and i'm yeah. saying i like that I think is that, that one of the problems i have with it oh i wish I, it was older no i was i think it's i think that's the whole point it's a commentary on this shit being t- like a big problem today is the idea so like that, that it's not 100 percent being addressed so yeah. like the fact that i thought like oh when is this and the, like like the fucking early like the late 1890s or whatever yeah and then there's a scene where we hear a 70s song playing um, oh, and even before that, she's the one girl smoking a cigarette. I was like, oh, I guess it's got to be earlier, right? <laughs> and then like our boy, he's wearing like uh, Crocs at one point. I was Is like, he? Oh, like he's wearing like rubber sandals. Ben. Yeah. Ben Wishall. Uh, so I was like, okay, From I guess it's earlier. From perfume, <laughs> full. I'm landing the plane. Full circle. We're back. Um, and then uh, that we hear a '70s song. It's like, I guess it's in the '70s. And then yeah. this fucking new truck pulls up, and the guy's like talking about the 2010 census. And I was like, that's, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I really liked that. And I was like, wow. Okay. So this, what, what I want to know, and I need to do a little research is why 2010 specifically did they decide to put this in? But 
Yeah, I, I just uh, I was super excited. I just was like, okay, I know so it's this, based on a book. This is yeah. now. This is like this could be happening now. That there's an entire colony of people that are totally detached from the world. A lot of these women, they didn't know what a, they didn't know where they were in the world, or they've never seen a map. They know how to read. Like this is, I I, I don't know. I, I yeah. yeah, I was just really enjoying it. And, and the way I, why I say where is Francis? It's because like she pops up in the beginning, has like a line, and then we don't see her to the end. And I was like, oh. Kind of underused, huh? Maybe that was on purpose, but uh, yeah, I, don't know. I, I was I expecting just, to see her a lot more. Um, the third act to me kind of fell off in that once because these women are dr- trying to decide. Sorry, I don't even talk about what this movie's about. So these women are trying to decide that these these attacks are happening, and they only use the word rape once in in the movie, but like all of them, this is happening all the time. And it's it's been happening for years, maybe decades, generations even. Generations, Obviously, yeah. generations. Yeah. And it doesn't matter the age. It's four-year-olds to whatever. Right. And it's bad. And yeah. they're deciding that enough is enough because finally, like, someone got arrested by, like, the city, whatever that means. They just say the city. They You know, they're, like, they're going bail. Right. So, like, the outside world is taking notice of this. And the women are deciding, and it's very, not to compare it to, like, Male dominated movie, but like 12 Angry Men, it's all in this one room and they're all deciding, yeah, like, what do we comparison. do? Yeah. And uh, they're deciding whether they fight, they do nothing, or they leave. And the arguments are. Uh, I sh- I, I, the word incredible is not, I keep falling on that. It's, I have a terrible vocabulary, but yeah. it's just. Um, compelling. Yeah, compelling. And, and everyone, everyone gets their say, and Jesse's. Plays not the character I thought she was gonna play. She's kind of like villainous. She's like, "Fuck it, let's stay." Like, well, maybe they're, maybe they're not guilty. You know, she has that whole side of the argument. Um, but it lost me in the third act because, like, once they do decide what to do, once they do decide, like, we can't leave because if we stay, we're gonna murder a bitch <laughs> and we yeah. gonna kill people and we can't right. be doing that. We gotta get out of here. So once that was decided, it was like. <laughs> Well, now we're just watching them kind of leave, and, and we got to fill some time with Andrew, the male character that's in this often, who is kind of like, he's a school August. teacher. August, excuse me, August. He, um, we're kind of getting some backstory about him, and I'm like, I don't really care. I don't really care. I just, like, I'm, yeah, yeah I didn't really care. You and they had to, to fill the space. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they, um, yeah, so it kind of lost me in the third act. But, like, once it was over, I, yeah, I, I really like Yeah. That's so funny because I thought, the scenes of them leaving were the most moving. And I thought the rest of the movie just like, just totally didn't work for me. Hmm. Um, it's just, first of all, I thought this was probably the ugliest shot film of the year. Like some form of filter was a, over this movie the entire time. It was, it was on purpose. ugly blue and just it's supposed I, to be dreadful. Uh, it doesn't have to be shot that way. I just, I mean, you thought you saw dreadful. I just saw it as just, it was just terrible. Just, it wasn't inviting. Would you be happy and inviting and and vivid colors? I want to be invited to the movie (laughs) that I want to watch. And I don't, I can be invited to a movie about awful things happening on screen, but it's just, this it looked like it was shot on like an early Instagram filter when we used to have like those oof 
just I don't know why she shot it this way. I thought it was terrible. Um, it's based on a book, and the book is based on a true story that happened in Bolivia. And I think this movie would have been better if it actually was based in Bolivia. And I've heard a lot of reports where the book is a lot better than this movie. And I think it would have hit harder if like we actually saw the material that it was based off of. Like this was shot in South America in present day. And like, this is what these people are going through rather than to me, these actresses that we know and love just serving as mouthpieces for the words from the novel that it was based off of. So I thought it was kind of offensive that we're just stealing someone else's story another person's another people's story making it about us and casting these these actresses just to to read these lines um like i said i thought that while the acting was good it felt way too much like a play in the sense that these women can't read or write and were never taught how to read or write what they are absolutely eloquent in everything they are saying and it's just it felt off to me that they would speak so clearly and talk so clearly when they have they're completely illiterate like how could they know all of these words and speak in this fashion when they're just not regarded as actual citizens of this colony they are just literally just pieces of meat to these awful men that just use and abuse them. But you don't um, think so. so. So you don't think if someone knows how to read or write, they can't this is kind of corny, but have a voice. Like they can't. Oh, they can have a voice. No, they, they felt, they felt, it, it felt Shakespearean, like their dialogue to me. And it was just like, I don't think people in this situation would speak in this, in this way. And it's, 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 it's 2010. I mean, not that they had any access to the outside world, but I mean, they were talking amongst themselves. They're not, they're not idiots. They just don't know how to read or, or write. That doesn't mean their intelligence isn't low. They know how to convey messages to each other, and they also know how to feel that this is a nightmare we're in and we can defend ourselves to get out of this and to debate and discuss what to do. Yeah. So I thought, why couldn't, why couldn't someone have flowery and beautiful language when they... So it was, yeah. so it just felt off to me that they all would have that. Like it, it would make more sense if like one or two of them would have it. It's not everyone in this movie would have that. Like this is such a weird movie for me to disparage because like I understand the tone of the movie and the message of the movie, and I'm 100 percent for it. Like this is like I went into this movie wanting to love it because I love Sarah Polly as a director and I love Rui Mara and Jesse Buckley. They're both of my top ten actresses. And <laughs> to me, it, that it just, um, they just, it felt so much like a play. And we have a lot of characters saying throughout the movie, um, like, oh, this is so, so boring. And you're just repeating yourselves. And characters are saying that in the movie. And I'm like, sitting in the theater, I'm like, this is how I feel. Like, there's just an hour of people giving the same arguments over and over again. And it did, just didn't seem like much of a film. And because it essentially is a play, it makes sense to me that it wasn't. And the scenes of them leaving were the most moving because I thought that was the first time that the direction 
and the actual emotion of the actors could come through when there wasn't much dialogue and it was just more so just facial expressions. And um, I know the movie begins with this um, subtitle of this is an evening of wild female imagination, which like I saw that and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is great. I love this. Um, but when I read that and when I know and I found that it was based on a true story, like there was some sort of like weird disconnect with that. Especially when we know it's set in 2010, and at the end we're watching all of these women exit the colony, and they're trying to leave before their husbands wake up. Like, what's going to stop all the husbands from just finding them and bringing them back and stopping them on their journey? And just, I I was unfortunately left with, like, what's going to happen next at the end of this movie? And it was so negative in the sense of, We've seen the men in this movie driving cars around. It's just like these poor women, just like all these unimaginable, awful things of tragic things have happened to them. And it's just they think they're going to be able to leave this and they're not. And we're just like the movie's trying to give us hope. And it's just there's not going to be hope because they're just going to be tracked down and just beaten and taken advantage of even more. And I was just like I was just, I was just very confused by the whole thing. It just didn't work for me. And I'm just. I'm I'm confused as to what they were trying to get across with with the entire picture, and just the, just the way they went about it. So, it just it just didn't work for me. Okay. But, yeah. Um, did you feel that way when you left the movie? Like you, you saw no. all of them <laughs> leaving, but what did you think was going to happen? I thought they were going to fucking like crush it <laughs> like i thought but they why? were going like all their husbands are in the village and they're gonna em. wake up and they're gonna find them yo my girl claire foy has a gun <laughs> like you act like you're she gonna has... walk in there and take over fuck that like they are now have this whole like movement behind them that they're going to collect their shit they're gonna take their kids and get the fuck out of dodge and it's not like the first time this has ever happened in history where people get their shit together and make a change why not and just because in the in the face of of this, oh, all the men are going to come and kill us. Fuck you. Come try. Let's go. Like, I think that's what, well, I mean, I felt fucking inspired as hell. Yeah, go. Move your whole people. Yeah. Get there. Build a, a whole society. Create a whole new religion. Discuss this entire new politic that you're going to have. And try, man. Just come try and come over here. Like, see what's going to happen. Because Claire Foy's at the front with a bat. And, like, I think that's what She's got what one the gun against the whole the whole civilization of people I don't know. men with guns maybe zoom out a little bit and and i did zoom out yeah. that is zooming out i don't know I like don't know. Is, yeah all right well you think that they it they're all gonna get raped again i guess i don't know No, i just i worried <laughs> for them where it's just like yeah. I, I i was expecting more eloquent or at least more maybe less eloquent but more like impactful dialogue is like what's gonna happen after we leave like what's gonna happen like, are they going to come find us? Like, they didn't even broach that topic. And just, I don't know. It just, it just didn't work for me. And I was just like, I, like I said, I went into this with, like, such high expectations. And obviously nominated for Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay and, and all of these things. And I, I really didn't understand the Ben Wish, Wishall character. Um, that was, yeah, that was my problem. Was yeah, I, I didn't like, understand him. I don't and, know why we're talking and, about him so much. Well, he's he's a big part of the movie, and he's just like he's got the emotional farewell with Rooney Mara at the end, and it's just like this feels antithetical to what we're trying to talk about. Yeah, it just didn't work for me. That's all I gotta say. All right, well, I gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I gave it, uh, so a four. So a four yeah. out of ten. Excuse me. Yeah, so I gave it yes. a two. A four out of ten. Yeah. 
So I'm going to two out of five. Um, We're on to our premiere movie, baby. Yeah, well, let's talk about some movies that I didn't see first. <laughs> and then we'll get to the final film. Yeah, and I'll make this quick. Um, so... We're going to do it. We're going to talk about not look at the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw six movies that Dave didn't see. Um, and just real quick, I saw Missing, starring Storm Reed, and directed by like a lot of the creative team behind um, that John Cho 2018 movie, Searching, where the whole movie is yeah, I got that essentially <laughs> shot from... <laughs> Um, like someone's desktop computer and it's a bunch of FaceTime calls and um, like open browsers and the whole movie is kind of just shot from desktop. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie is so, so good and it's so entertaining. There's so many twists and turns. The acting is really good. I had a couple issues with the third act with how everything played out, but talk about a movie that just like it, it knew what it wanted to be and it was that it didn't try to be anything more than just this storm reed goes to pick up her mom from the airport who was vacationing with her new boyfriend in south america she doesn't show up so she's just trying to find out what happened to her mom and she's trying to do so with all the means like available to her as this 18 year old kid um stateside and the fact that it like a movie can be this compelling just from the the camera from your desktop computer, first of all, is like a, a very great just feat in and of itself. Was and this a pandemic? Are they gonna shoot this during a pandemic? I'm not so sure if it shot during a like pandemic. That's why they did that. Was but, because it was like, uh, well, yeah. searching wasn't. So that was 2018. So that would have been before. Oh, yeah. It just seems like this is just like maybe like the the directorial style and, um. I thought it was great. I thought um, it was really compelling. Um, the reviews for for it uh, are also exceptional, and yeah, I total recommend for this. I was I was very surprised that this was was as good as it was. Um, another movie I saw. So I posted the six movies we're not talking about. I posted all my reviews on. Our Instagram on page. the gram, yeah, on that gram. Um, so Which I, is I saw the oh, go ahead, talking yeah. underscore yeah. pictures. Pie, what it? <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of our thing? Talking pictures of Pongo's Instagram. Uh, mm, hey, uh, we're on Instagram, and look us up, and you'll find us. Oh, we sure. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, so I, I saw 80 for Brady with uh, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Lily Tomlin, and Sally Field, which uh, even as a Patriots fan, this movie is absolutely horrid. Um, <laughs> just not funny. Just it's not even worth talking about too much. Okay. It's just, as I said in my review, it's it's kind of like a like a deleted Grace and Frankie episode where it's just like, how was this actually put in the theaters? Who is this for? Why is this out? Yeah. And it's for my mom this coming Saturday. I saw it on the calendar when I walked through the kitchen. Oh, your mom wants to see it? She said, uh, I'm going to see that. And I was like, okay. You'll let me know what you think. She'll love it. She's 76. She's going to have a good time. I love movies about 76-year-olds and 80-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, This I would like that if it was written better. Yeah. God. 
It's, it's not that hard. Well, I mean, uh, Wayne Brady wrote it, so. <laughs> 80 for Wayne Brady probably would have been a better, a better movie. That would have been awesome. Yeah. You know? Let's make a deal. 80 and Wayne then, Brady's. Yeah. Let's make a deal, you know? Like the third Sorry, option. 80 Wayne Brady's. The third option is just the script of this movie just burning behind door number three on the set of Let's Make a Deal. Like, that would be great. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw Alice Darling, which was an Anna Kendrick film about being in a toxic, emotionally abusive, psychologically abusive relationship, which I thought was a little disappointing. Um, it's, I think it's only 90 minutes. And it really didn't explore as much as I would have liked just the abuse that she was going through. It has a lot of unnecessary subplots to it, like a missing girl subplot going on in the woods. And her two best friends were just like absolutely terrible to her throughout the movie. And we're meant to believe that like they're her allies throughout this whole struggle. And they seem like the furthest thing from it. Um, So I really didn't like that movie. Uh, One movie I did like was Hugh Jackman's The Sun which was, uh, it's kind of like a quasi-spiritual sequel to uh, Anthony Hopkins' The Father from two years ago. Yeah, you um, that. Which was absolutely incredible in the way it was shot and acted and directed. This one loses a little bit of its luster in terms of just the, the, the way it was directed. For um, that one, Anthony Hopkins is suffering from Alzheimer's, and every time he enters a different room, it's just his daughter and the people in his life are aged dramatically or their so age is cool. reduced dramatically. It's amazing. Um, he's remembering memories out of sequence. Just like a, just an unbelievable 85, 90-minute movie. Um, this one, it's, it's a full two hours. It's, it's probably a bit too long, but you, I couldn't help but feel Florian Zeller, who is the, the writer and director of this, like his empathy just for the subject matter, like poking through this movie the entire time. And I thought Hugh did a great job. It was great to see him in a role that wasn't Logan or Wolverine (laughs) or the greatest showman or something like that. Like this is just like such a, such a real lived in uh, performance that I bought from him. And it's, it's, it, it, it has a great concept of depression and how it can be, generationally misunderstood and generationally passed on from father to son without even realizing it. And it leads to like a really crushing climax. And while it might be alluded to and, you know, um, just a little bit predictable, it just, the, the journey to me was worth it. This movie was absolutely lambasted by credit, by critics everywhere. They just thought it was, manipulative and 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 terrible frankly um it's in the 20s on rotten tomato i i I forget the exact score but i think they missed like what this movie was trying to say which is like and i wrote this in my review it's like pain doesn't have to be loud or or explicitly clear like this teenager in this movie doesn't know what's wrong with him he just knows something's wrong with him and he can't articulate what's happening and Hugh Jackman wasn't raised in a way where he can understand that mental illness can be inward and not just outwardly affected. affected. And this movie does a great job at explaining that disconnect and explaining how someone who's our father's age might not be able to understand that, like, 
you know, just because we're not going through a war or a Great Depression doesn't mean that we have struggles going on inside of our beings. And I think that mo- this movie like really plays into that. And I think I thought it does a really effective job. Um, so I-, I really enjoyed that. Highly recommend The Sun. Yeah, it's two hours and three minutes. Yeah, so it's about 35 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, minutes longer are. than the other one. Um, than the three father. minutes are de- dedicated to. And the 20, it's 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Low, man. Yeah. I know. I don't get it. Um, and just oh. two more quick ones. Shotgun Wedding on Amazon Prime. Um, Josh <laughs> Dumal, J-Lo. Uh, I thought it was fun. It's a good little escape drama. Um, Jennifer Coolidge shows up. Uh, she has a lot of great one-liners. Um, just, uh, just fun. Just the chemistry on the leads is is, em- is enough to like kind of transport you through this like completely mediocre, predictable script. But if you just want to turn your brain off for like an hour and forty minutes, like this is the movie for you. And the last movie is uh, Living, starring Bill Nye, which I was. Mm. Yeah. absolutely blown away by um this. i did i just so bill nye was nominated for best actor this year for this role and to me it just seemed like all right this is like one of those career achievement oscar nominations this is one of those like british period piece very stuffy dramas like like i as soon as this movie started like i knew it was something different like the the crispness crispness that this movie is directed with the craftsmanship is just like bar none everything looks beautiful everything is scored beautifully like his performance in this is so subtle and so nuanced it's not showy it's just like you can see the pain that's happening to him um i thought it was incredible like it's just it it takes not the typical route for dramas like this man gets diagnosis that he's dying of cancer in six to nine months and he has to start living for the first time. Like it dispenses with that almost immediately. And it's just, it's this really beautiful take on mortality and what do we leave behind and what will our legacy be? Even if we can't make our legacy to be known by the entire world or outside of the city we're in. Um, this movie is incredible. Highly recommend. Um, it's the reason, like, I like to see all of the movies that do come out into theaters, and like, I want to see ten movies per podcast. It's like, I probably wouldn't have seen this if like I just was going to see the big four or five movies that this, you know, this this podcast uh, was going to talk about. But this one just like snuck in there, and it's just like it's absolutely wrenching how good this movie is. Like, unbelievable. Okay. Well, I'm definitely gonna hit that one up for sure. Yeah. Um. Great. Um. And those are all on the Instagram page, and you can uh, read them. Please and, do. And uh, like them, Please and do. follow them, and share them, and hoping, and wishing, and. <laughs> all right. We're on to the last movie, which is Knock at the Cabin. Big one, baby. This is the. This is here we go. This year's we hope number one motion picture. Hit the spoiler warning. Oh, we're good. Should we? Maybe we don't spoil this one, right? Fuck it. We got to fucking spoil this. Guy. Yeah, we got to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, we got to fucking Don't spoil listen it. to this podcast until you've seen yes. Knock at the Cabin. Here's the we moment. We'll put Turn the it time. off. We'll put the time in yeah. the show notes. We're talking Knock at the Cabin. Yeah. yeah, here we go. M. Night Shyamalan, baby. What did you think 
Knock. Not the clabbin. The clabbin. Um, here we go. <laughs> Um, what is the cabin? All right. So this movie, here we go. Naga the Cabin, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, Michael Night Shyamalan. <laughs> um, if only. I don't know his first name. Uh, I only know his middle name. It's, it's just Night. It's my. My Night. <laughs> Midnight Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> Midnight Shyamalan. Shyamalan is my night. Save your family or save humanity. Make the choice. God, family is more important than humanity. At this point. Yeah. While vacationing at a remote cabin. Some vacation. A young girl and her parents are taken hostage by four armed strangers Uh who demand, demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. With limited access to the outside world, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. And guys, I'm going to tell you right now that this, that's what this movie's about. That's good. Period. Yeah, that, that tagline is, is 100% accurate. That's what this movie's about. And if yes. you watch this movie, that's what you'll get. This doesn't sound positive. <laughs> it's not. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have we got? It's not. Uh, yeah. the, this is that movie. It sure is. Someone, yeah. they knock at the cabin, and they got to make a choice, and they do, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. Mm. That doesn't sound good. Way to twist, dog. <laughs> Way to twist, baby. You should be relying on twists. Why not? You're M. Night fucking Shyamalan. That's what you do. All your movies have that. And then you make a movie that doesn't, so it's just a movie. And therefore, it's not that good. So why did you make this? Because if you have a twist, then we watch that whole thing for the, oh, shit, you got us, Shami. That's why we love your shit. But if you don't have a twist, well, then you just had this movie that was just what it was. If they added one fucking scene to the trailer, it would have been the whole movie in the trailer. It would have been over. You wouldn't have to watch the movie because we got the whole thing. We got the knocking. We got them being feared. And then we got the fucking choice. We got the knocking. And then we got 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 it over. And it's over. (laughs) And that's it. Because there's nothing else happened. It's over. And it's like, well, that was... uh, that was exactly what was promised to me, and I got the whole thing. Yeah. Not that I hated this movie. I just was like, okay, well, then he decided to make just a movie, I guess. <laughs> and, like, yeah. he didn't throw a twist on there, man. That's all. And, like, I don't, and maybe he could make a movie without a twist. But this yes. ain't that. Yes. This ain't it. <laughs> Did you see Old? No. Yeah, Old no. doesn't have a twist. No. Well, it kind of does a twist. So, yeah. so, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, like, I don't know. When you when you when you're a director, you have this, you kind of got this uh, this thing about you that like that director does movies like that. Yeah, you know, and Denis I... Villeneuve is like known for this type of shit, and yeah. like, and you got Shyamalan. And it's like he wrote that movie, man, and he's the master of twist. Man, he was like he absolutely, you know, that's goddamn. And I then know, when it's not I, there, I felt the same way. So I, well, like, I guess I watched... we're getting up and leaving this movie. I it? watched this and I was like, my takeaway was like. I, I hate that I watch his movies waiting for a twist because I think it takes away from the actual experience of watching his movie. I agree. Um, but also it's like, okay, because that's his thing. That's why we're there. Because we like that you do that. And we l- know you're good at that. You've been good at it. So that's why we're here to do it. Yeah. Because you're good. And it's not taking away. We wonder what he's going to do. And then when it didn't, we don't don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, well, all right, great. 
little let down, huh? <laughs> I thought this movie was great. Cool. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, more, uh, more Rupert, please, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fuck. I thought this movie had a lot. I love the underlying themes of this movie. I wish you would tell me what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you would tell so, me. So I walked out of this movie and I was, I was very, um, I had a struggle as to what's Knight trying to say with this movie. And it's, I don't know. Did, did one of the partners killing the other partner actually save the apocalypse? And I'm going to, so I, I batted this around in my head for maybe 10 to 15 minutes after this. And what I've come to is whatever happened inside of the cabin did not have any say on what was happening outside of the cabin at all. So the apocalypse was starting and it ended regardless of what they were doing. Like this was just, this was a seven person story. These religious fanatics showed up at this cabin gave this proposition and yeah they were right they predicted some things right did this all happen do we know if if what if one of our main characters didn't kill the other main character would the world have been saved like it's left to be ambiguous um so to me this movie was about it's about how society views gay parents Society does not want, then this is the movie talking, it's not me talking, and this is the movie's more negative impact and the movie's more sympathetic view of gay parents in general. Um, to me, this movie was, the best way I can say it is, it's two gay fathers who who adopt a teenage girl, and not teenage. I'm sorry, baby girl, and they they want to be happy, and the world is so homophobic. The world does not want these two, this family, to be happy. That they have to intervene, they have to break them apart and destroy their happiness for their world to continue. And the movie, I think, identifies with the strife that gay parents feel from all fronts, which I think is highlighted in all the flashbacks, from one of our characters' parents that don't approve of this, from the adoption scene where they have to pretend that one of the parents is a brother, to the bar fight scene where one of the partners gets struck with a beer bottle just for being gay. Um, I don't, world think, I don't not, think that's what happened in that scene. He didn't hit him because he was gay. He was like, you guys got to be quiet down. Can you guys shut up? And then he just hits him over the head. But you're, you're speaking wasn't. my language. Like he's, that's a metaphor. It's like, you gay people are being too loud. Please be quiet. Like I think, I think Knight is trying to sympathize with the plight that gay, fa- gay parents or gay fathers in this in- instance are going through where it's just like the world does not want us to be happy. We just want to be happy and be left alone. And then we have all of these people knocking at our door, trying to disrupt our happiness. Please just leave us alone. Like we just want to be happy. What is so hard about this? Like us being together to you is the world ending. 
It's planes falling out of the sky. It's natural disasters happening. It's all of these things, but it's, it's not. We just want to be together. We just want to be happy. And in the end, it's so heartbreaking that one of the partners, Jonathan Groff, who's incredible, as, as is Ben Aldridge, the other partner, like he might be concussed, and this is why he feels the way he does, but he convinces Ben Aldridge to kill him because he's like, in order for our daughter to live at all in this world, like you're just going to have to kill me. We're going to have to sacrifice our happiness for the world to move on and for our daughter to be alive in this world and for you to raise her because we can't have this happiness in this world. Like this is the world that we are living in right now. And I thought that was so beautiful and so profound in the way that he made this movie and, and this, the radio scene at the end, I think was great because like, after the world is is slowly coming back together and the planes have stopped dropping and the tsunamis have, have ceased and the, the flu has stopped spreading, they go back into their car and they're going to drive away. And Ben Aldridge, the, the living father, puts the radio on. He hits the button. It's a song that they were playing at the beginning of the movie when all three of them were happy together and he quickly turns it off. And his daughter puts the radio back on and it's just like, we have to accept that this is what's going on. And she puts the radio back on. He, Bed Aldridge, is furious. He, he puts it back off. And then he realizes, you know what, you're right. This is the world we have to live on. We just have to keep dancing in this world that's not ours. We have to put on our boogie shoes and just keep dancing and being our part. And he puts the radio back on and he drives away back into civilization. And I thought just for him to make a movie with that messaging on its own is great, but I thought this movie was so well-directed, was so suspenseful, was so well-acted. I thought Batista was incredible in this, and I've not been a big fan of him, but I thought he portrayed this brooding sense of just, I don't want to be doing this, but I've just been compelled from like a, a, a higher calling to do this. Like he's been tasked with society to do this. He's just society stand in and he doesn't want to do it. Um, there's so much going on here. And I, I thought it was absolutely great. I thought the scene where he's just, he turns on the, the, the TV and he knows exactly what the telecaster is saying at the very same time to prove that he knows that like he's had these visions before. I thought that was really good because I think it, there's so much ambiguity to this movie. And I think that plays into it really well because how many times have we seen national disasters on TV and these telecasters just say the same things over and oh, yeah. over again. And it's just to a point where he can just, we could probably just recite that word for word, what they're going to say verbatim. And it adds to the mystery of like, did he actually have a vision or are we just faced with so many of these disasters on TV that they say the same things over and over again that we just don't even realize it. So I thought that was a great touch to it. Um, yeah, I thought this movie was really, really good. Um, highly recommend. I'm, I'm sad that you weren't into it. I'm, no, I just, I wish that was a movie I watched yeah. because I think it was more like, straightforward i was watching a science fiction film that was like yeah just uh like why are we showing exposition that doesn't necessarily need to be be there he goes into the car to get a gun to defend himself and then we show that he got a he bought a gun 
because he wanted to defend himself. And then we're back to the present. And he's got that gun that he yeah. bought because he wanted to defend himself. All right. He bought a, bought a fucking gun. Like, it was like, okay, whatever. I wish that was the movie I watched. Like, that's yeah. sound, and I probably, there probably could have been a better fucking way to do that, to yeah. make that movie that way. But, uh, no, I was watching this movie because you, you, you advertised it like there was this big reason. Oh, it's the end of the world. Like, you know, God has ordained us to stop the apocalypse and all this stuff. And, like, I can see those connections you're making now, these metaphors. Absolutely. But that yeah. was not what I was getting as I was watching it. Yeah. I was watching it for this this thing. And also, I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm not going to go and speak for that community at all. But, like, part of me feels like the newer generation that is coming up, is way more accepting and and open to the to to, yeah. to this type of thing. So like if you were to explain it, like, oh this is what he's trying to say, they would be like, well, we know what the fuck we know that. <laughs> like what? That's not a big deal to us. So why is that uh they're making a movie about that? And I think that's all TikTok. It was like it showed each generation watching a TV show that was like introduces a new character and their reaction. And like the boomers are like, Hey, you see that? I just, that's a new, that's a gay character. And then like, it slowly gets to the point where like the new generation is like gay characters introduced and they are not affected at all. <laughs> it's yeah. like, they're like, okay, what's up? You know, it's also Tuesday. So yeah, yeah I just, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love yeah. it. And I was like, whatever. It also bothers me sometimes, which, well, whatever. it bothers me sometimes, like, how, I mean, your M. Night Shyamalan and some of these effects were trash. And, like, just burn a fucking cabin. Why that was bad. Burn a cabin. It was really bad. Find a fucking shitty cabin yeah, and burn it that is derelict thing. and not used. And that just takes me out of it. Like, yeah. why aren't you... Make the fucking movie like we used to make movies, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like we watch and it's it it maybe it, in in the in the in the wallet. It's not there. Be like, we can save money if we can just like fucking do it digital. But in in the seats in the theater, we're watching it and we know Good. and it makes me not like your movie. Yeah. If you burned it, that's why I'm watching this fucking movie. I know. And it's like, holy shit. And that's you know? a couple points off for me. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And like, there's, I don't know. I mean, it was a cool concept. And I wish there was, I wish there was a lot of that was heavier and like, not necessarily explained, but maybe highlighted even more, you know? And I would have yeah. gotten those feelings and some weight to it. But I was walking out of it like, that was exactly what I was told I was going to watch. And, and there it was. And I yeah. agree. Everybody was fucking stellar. Everybody brought it. It was like yeah. Rupert was sensational. Like I wanted more of him, you know, and, 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 and Batista yeah. killed it. Like they were all great. You know, I just. So I, th me I, think, I think the scene <laughs> of him buying the gun, I think is a, like was put in there purposefully where it's just like, this is what I've been resorted to do. Like I had to buy a gun to defend myself, and I think that's but bookended nicely. No, I but think everyone, it's bookended, but people no, buy guns to defend on. themselves. No. But I think it's booking nicely. To buy a gun, you know? But I think it's booking nicely where he has a chance to shoot someone. He's like, I'm not a murderer. I don't want to fire this. But yeah. you've 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 made me buy this gun. You've maybe become like your bigotry has maybe become something that I am not, and I don't even want to become this person and i refuse to i'm not going to shoot any of y'all but like you're going to see me have to stoop this low where i got to learn how to fight and defend myself and it's just 
I thought that was placed in there for a reason where it's just like the way that society has made me feel my entire life, especially with my adopting of this, this, this teenage or this, this daughter is, um, is, is not who I am. And I, I like that because I was furious when he got the gun and he wouldn't shoot the one girl in the backseat of the car. But then the more I thought about it, it's just like, he's not a killer. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He got this to defend himself and not to hurt someone. And I thought, I just thought it was, I thought that every flashback scene was, was in there for a reason. And I thought it was, I, I understand what you're saying. You wanted more. And I think I agreed with you when I walked out of the theater because it took me a little while to understand and piece together what was going on, where it's just like, this was for that reason. That was for this reason. This is for this reason. Okay. Like I like that. It's not heavy handed. I like that. We're just alluded to. And I think the movie that you say, I saw the trailer and this is what I got. I think that would have been the movie if it was just a stray couple in the cabin. But I think he made a very distinct point in making this be a gay couple because it's not about the apocalypse. We're not talking about the apocalypse. It has nothing to do with that. It's just, there's this whole other game going on. And I think that's the twist of the movie is it's like the world's not ending. What we're doing has no bearing on the world. Like, our world's ending. You guys are causing our world to end. It's all happening inside this cabin. So that's that's just how I feel. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I agree. That's, I mean, like, yeah, you did a great job at uh, uncovering what that movie was probably about. <laughs> but uh, I So I gave it a four. That. I gave it a four out of five. I thought it was really, really good. Um, Where you at, like, two, two and a half territory? What you got? Uh... I gave it five out of ten, so uh, yeah, two point five out of ten. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, cool. Yeah, it was fifty percent. It was, it was. Yeah, as M. much Knight. as it was good. He's back, baby. It was bad. He's I making guess. movies. I guess he made a movie. He's making movies. I think he made a movie. Fifteen movies. <laughs> Unbelievable. I think he made another movie. I think uh, M Night Shyamalan this year made another movie. <laughs> that's undeniable. Yes, he sure. Undeniable. Did. Yeah. Right now. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's it, guys, because we we got to get it getting on here. We got to hit the dusty trail, but I think we got to talk about some next week stuff, what the next episode's going to be. Not yes, next we week, but the following week after it's that. It's a big one. Sure next is. Episode, what movies are next that we're talking Ant-Man about? Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Yeah. We have we have a couple of trequels happening. Ant-Man 3, Magic Mike 3. Yes. Two huge yeah. movies. Yeah. Can't wait to talk exciting. about them. Can't wait to see them. That's super um, exciting. A couple other... God, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, <laughs> some crazy movies Winnie happening the Pooh, in the mid- midst honey. of those. <laughs> Your Place or Mine, a little, little rom-com that we talked about earlier. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ant-Man 3, Magic Mike 3, we can't wait to talk about. Yeah, so, that's going to be huge. Yeah, check us out probably in about two weeks. What else? Um, I think we have something else. Probably we're recording in two Sundays. Um, we will be doing a little Oscar episode in about a yes. month. Um, yeah, Dave and I are going to watch the Oscars together and do a little post Oscar app after, um, just a little bonus app. The, uh, the Instagram is just talking pictures podcast with underscores in between the words. That's all it is. Hell yeah. yeah. You guys have been great. We've had so much traction. Yeah. uh, Got 23 days that we've been live. Um, 1500 accounts reached. You guys are awesome. Hell yeah. So much. You guys, you keep faxing into the, to the podcast's fax number and, and you're, 
that we love it. Keep faxing us. <laughs> in the coming days, I'll post my reviews of the six movies that we talked about um, tonight. But um, please comment how you felt about either of them. If you agree with me, if you agree with Dave, yeah, where are you feeling? Um, but as always, thanks for listening. You know, we went a little longer tonight than we normally do, but you know, we were a little passionate about these. I'm happy that Dave and I disagreed on three of the four of these. Yeah. This is fun. Uh, but we can all agree that you people is trash. That's so, true. And yeah. if you want a t-shirt, come rip it off my yeah. back. <laughs> come and fight me. Yeah, come and come, uh, come and clarify. My door me. is no longer open to the public. <laughs> so it is all right, y'all. Locked, baby. See you on the next one. Toodles. <laughs>